0: What is up my dudes? Welcome back to Olympia Oddities. I'm Trista and I'm Steven and today's episode is about a true crime story that is close to home to me, literally. Today we're going to be telling you the story of the murder of Vonda Boone and a small town's horror when they discovered that their door-to-door meat salesman was capable of murder. We'll also get into whether or not Bernard Howell Jr. could have anything to do with some of the well-known disappearances that have happened in the area.
1: Door-to-door meat salesman. Just pump the brakes real quick. Door-to-door meat salesman.
0: Yeah, don't buy meat out of the back of a truck. (laughs) I feel like that goes without saying, but... Did you watch Dexter? (laughs) True. And when they first reported on this, I remember they reported it happening on the trail. So I work at a barn that has, like, a trail running near it. Not trying to, like, dox exactly where I work, but (laughs) that's pretty much the setup. And originally when they reported it, they reported it as that trail... And so I spent my entire life being paranoid that I was going to get attacked at work because of this story. But then when I was researching this, I learned that it's actually on the trail that I spent all summer just happily walking down by myself, geocaching with my yes. dog, without a care in the world. Oh. And uh, I don't feel great about that now.
1: That's thoroughly creepy. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, you've told me about this a few times already with, within about the year that I've known you. And, yet yeah, no, it's just creepier every time. Yeah, I got
0: my murder paths mixed up. Gotta, gotta be more careful next time. Vonda Boone was originally from Sao Paulo, Brazil, but had lived in New York for 20 years before deciding to move to the Pacific Northwest. She had worked as a massage therapist during her time in New York. She decided that Yelm, Washington would be the location of her move. I know, from New York to Yelm.
1: New York to Yelm, what part of New York?
0: I think it was New York City, maybe.
1: Such a stark change.
0: Yeah, that's a really big transition.
1: Like, from the upper right corner to the upper left corner. Like, in completely different...
0: If you don't know much about Yelm, uh, Ramtha School of Enlightenment's there. And one time a guy told me that they named the town after the sound that Trucks made when it
1: went, like, through the town without (laughs) stopping.
0: Yelm. And I fully believed that man for years. So, that's about how exciting Yelm is.
1: But yeah, check out the... The, uh, the episode that Trista actually did earlier on Jay-Z Knight and Rampa. It's a fun it's a fun listen. Very fun listen. Uh, also, apparently Selma Hayek lives in Yelm. So keep an eye out for her.
0: My boss saw her at the movie theater once.
1: Oh, I think you told me about that. That's rad. Yeah,
0: I don't think I would Was recommend... she
1: watching her own movie?
0: I don't know. I should have asked her. <laughs> she should, I should have been like, oh, you should have asked her what movie she was there to see. Now I'm really curious. Oh, no. But that's what's going on in Yelm. Speaking of Ramtha, Vonda had decided on Yelm because she wanted to study at Ramtha's School of Enlightenment. I've done an episode about Ramtha that we just talked about and Jay-Z in the past if you want to go back and learn more about them. Her journey out west to Yelm wasn't an easy one, though. Along the way, her moving truck had caught fire and she lost most of her belongings. Only a few months after her move, she learned that her brother back in Brazil had died. Mm. I know, it's kind of a rough. start. I can't imagine moving all, literally all the way across the country from New York to Washington.
1: And then find out that your, yeah, you're, your relative is dead.
0: And also, to lose all your stuff.
1: Just everything. It's
0: like completely starting over.
1: Absolutely. Man, that's, that's, and in Yelm, of all places.
0: She soon got a job at Radiance Herbs and Massage in downtown Olympia. Andrea Siebert was Vonda's boss at Radiance and said that Vonda faced challenges with amazing grace and beauty. She also said that she was one of those bright lights, always had kind words to say, and just had the highest integrity. Karen Olson, the owner of Radiance, said Vonda had become known for her remarkable healing skills and caring, compassionate nature. She also noted Vonda's grace in the face of challenges, saying that even when faced with challenges, she consistently looked for the gift and walked her path with elegance and grace. Unfortunately, Vonda's fresh new start in Washington was cut short when she crossed paths with Bernard Howell on the Tenino-Yelm bike trail one summer day.
1: Bernard Howell the third. Oh, we got three of these dudes. Oh,
0: he's fancy.
1: Three Bernard Howells.
0: Uh, he grew up moving all over the Puget Sound. His middle name is Keith, and that's what he went by, since him and his father share the same name. And we'll, I'll try to make it clear in this episode again. We're having a lot of shared name episodes lately when we're talking about the dad versus the kid, in this case, the murderer.
1: Too many names.
0: Bernard had an older half-sister and an older step stepsister. His father told Lewis County Sirens that he worked as a manager at private RV resorts and that his kids got to be raised in all sorts of beautiful places. Bernard attended school in Oak Harbor, Port Townsend Lake, and Lakewood before finishing his time in high school in Lacey. His father said that Bernard got good grades, competed in wrestling during his school years, and that girls found him handsome. I'll share a picture of him. Uh, not really, is all I can say. And by not really, I mean, not at all.
1: I'm just picturing ravishing Rick Rude, and I know you don't know who that is. And I'm sorry my wrestling nerd is coming out, but I'm just imagining this dude just looking, like, sweaty, somewhat ripped, jerry curl having like, it's jerry curl mullet like i'm gonna be honest about that it's a mullet with like a bushy top mustache
0: you could not be further from he's i feel like i am further scrawny further. he's pale oh, no. he has shark eyes he has like a wispy little like hint of a mustache <laughs> He's got, like, greasy hair. I'll definitely share a picture on the Instagram.
1: Now I'm picturing Mike TV's dad from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory.
0: Yeah, he's not really much of a looker. I just started going in on this guy. He is a murderer, though, so before you come at me for body shaming... You know, if you're gonna murder someone, at least grow a good mustache. (laughs) Facts, though! He started to have some issues once he turned 17. Both of his parents tried to get him some help, but his dad said he wouldn't go see anyone. By the time he... By that time, he was pretty much his own man. He was really aggressive and angry sometimes. Mm. Bernard was enrolled in a vocational school and enrolled in a quarter at college, but he blew off both of those responsibilities. He got a job working as a security guard in the Lakewood and Auburn areas. After leaving this job, he got another job where he sold gourmet meat.
1: I don't like either of the jobs you have, sir, or had. (laughs) I don't don't know that I would... Somebody that has aggression and anger problems, working security is probably not a great combo and would not go anywhere to get help of any kind.
0: And also, like, the only thing I find more off putting than buying meat from like a truck that pulls up your driveway and is like, Hey, do you want a steak? Is have you ever seen that van? It's no, it's a bus that's like in Rochester and it has like a sign on it that's like, Halibut, come get fish. oh, yeah. Just buying fish out of a school bus, out of that, just
1: don't,
0: hey, if your meat's coming from a vehicle, don't buy it.
1: That, another thing that puts me off is the, um, oh man, what is that, the, um, the folks that come out and field slaughter, like, with their truck, there's one, there's one down here.
0: Oh, the mobile
1: slaughtering? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, mobile, mobile slaughtering, (laughs) but, uh, not field slaughtering, it's completely different. Uh, but yeah, mobile slaughtering because there's one person down here that has a truck that looks especially sketchy and dirty and just not, I wouldn't trust that for, for nothing.
0: He began staying at his dad's house in Tenino off and on, and his father helped him start his own meat selling company, the Tonino Meat Company. Bernard also began using meth during this time.
1: That ain't it, bro.
0: On August 8th, 2010 bernard's father said that bernard had been upset about how his new business was doing and his financial struggles that were caused by it in a fit of rage he took off towards the park in tanino from this park you can access the yelm to tanino trail which runs 14 miles between the two towns it was on this path on this day that bernard and Vondas paths would cross for the first and last time a few hours later in the day a man flagged down a sheriff's deputy to tell him some troubling news He said that he had been near Dave's Thriftway grocery store when a man had approached him and told him that he had found a dead body and he had asked the man if he would help him move it. I I just...
1: You gonna ask somebody to move a body?
0: Yeah, that's not what you do when you find a dead body. (laughs) The man refused, as any person would. Good. And had tracked down a cop to share this info as soon as possible.
1: Thank you, same sir.
0: As this man was telling his account of the bizarre happenings to the cop, the man who had asked him to help move the body drove by. It was Bernard Howell.
1: Creep.
0: The cop pulled Bernard over a few blocks down the road. He was pulled over at 815 near Parkside Elementary School. On the passenger side of his car, they discovered the body of Vonda Boone. Her remains had been covered with sheets, plastic bags, and wrapped in a sleeping bag.
1: This happened in front of an elementary school.
0: Yeah, that's traumatizing. At least it was at night, you know, so there weren't any kids around.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, and I would hope that, like, none of the kids found out later, which, I mean, like, I'm sure probably some of them heard, and, like, there were the, you know, the typical school rumors and stuff, but...
0: Bernard denied having any involvement in Vonda's death and claimed that he had found her body and was going to bury it himself to save her family the cost of a funeral.
1: (laughs) Good guy! Yeah, I'm gonna just I'm a, I'm gonna call that guy next time I need a, a family member buried. I'm just, I'm gonna cu- cut the costs completely in half. Not even in half. Just just save all the money.
0: That has to be among one of the worst excuses I have ever heard a serial killer come up with. It is just so <laughs> boneheaded. Oh yeah, I just uh you know naturally when you find a dead body you know you just take it with you and bury it somewhere. That's what you do when you find a dead body. You don't uh call the cops.
1: I just what did what 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 did he think was gonna happen?
0: Did he really think that that guy was gonna help him out? Did you did he really think that that guy was just gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's how I want to spend my you know my evening. I'll just grab a (laughs) shovel and meet back up. Like, no sir, no same. Wow, man. You could just tell that he really, really probably wasn't in his right mind when he was doing all of this.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I think that's safe to say.
0: In his truck, investigators found plastic bags, a sleeping bag, zip ties, bungee-type elastic cords, and a 10-pound weight. Bernard had said that he intended on using this weight to submerge her body in a nearby swamp. They also found numerous knives, Vonda's car keys, and her wallet inside of this truck. Uh, Can we talk about the fact that this man thought that a 10-pound weight was going to be enough to submerge a body? (laughs) That's not how that works, sir. 10 pounds? 10 pounds? I, that's a that's a a middle-aged housewife's arm workout. <laughs> Not a weight.
1: I The only thing you thinking thinking with that is like maybe a hand. Like you got to like he has to sever the like now I'm just imagining this man like severing a body and just having like many 10-pound weights and just doing it that way just like here's a hand. Here's a foot, here's a shin.
0: Officers said that Bernard appeared agitated, but did not appear to be under the influence of any substance. Investigators found Vonda's car, a red Toyota RAV4 parked near the trail and were able to confirm that Vonda's remains were the ones found in Bernard's truck. He had been driving his work truck, a silver Nissan pickup with a large chest freezer in the back that he sold meat out of. When the police arrived and made the horrific discovery, they feared that more bodies could be in the freezer. Once it was opened, they found that this fortunately wasn't the case, though. Right?
1: That was, yeah, dodging bullets, man.
0: They were probably terrified.
1: Dodging ice.
0: That's like turning your night into like a 1970s
1: horror movie real quick, you know
0: what I mean? (sighs) Into a Rob Zombie film. Very House of a Thousand. I was about to say, yeah. (laughs) Investigators believe that Bernard and Vonda crossed each other's paths along the trail, either while Vonda was walking or biking down it. A brutal attack followed, with Vonda suffering blunt force trauma to her head and neck, as well as having her throat slit. She had also been asphyxiated, either from strangulation or smothering. Bernard confessed to engaging in necrophilia after the murder. Ah,
1: that ain't it, bro. That ain't it.
0: After the murder, he took $11 from Vonda and took her car keys. He drove around using her car for several hours before returning to the crime scene with plastic bags, sleeping bags, zip ties, bungee cords, and the infamous 10-pound weight. Once in jail, Bernard told investigators that he heard voices and wanted to be left alone. In March of 2011, Bernard pleaded guilty to first-degree murder. He was given a maximum sentence of almost 27 years in prison.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, a man pretending to be crazy.
0: That doesn't seem enough.
1: I would agree with that.
0: I'm pretty, like, anti, like, long prison sentences, and I have a lot of issues with, like, the whole prison sentence that, like, is its own podcast. I promise I won't get into that shit on here. Um, but that doesn't seem, like, long enough in this case. Almost immediately after Bernard's arrest, police began looking to see if there was any connection between him and the disappearance of Nancy Moyer. Nancy Moyer had vanished from her home on March 6th, 2009. She left behind her purse car, wallet, credit cards, and ID. Her front door was wide open, the TV had been left on, and a glass of red wine sat on the coffee table of her home. Several things jumped out at the officers. The first was that Nancy and Bernard had lived close to each other. Their houses were less than a mile away from each other. The second was that Bernard had been spotted in close vicinity of Dave's Thriftway, which was one of the last places Nancy was seen before disappearing. When investigators had searched Nancy's house, they found meat that matched the brand that Bernard had been selling in her freezer. Detective Haller tried to interview Bernard after his arrest and ask him if he had any involvement in what happened to Nancy, but Haller said that he was just he just absolutely refused to cooperate in any way. No polygraph, wasn't going to give any statements, denied ever selling her meat, denied ever knowing her.
1: Suspicious
0: Yeah, I wonder if there could be a connection there. Uh hide and seek the podcast, did a deep dive into Nancy Moyer's disappearance in the first season, which resulted in a man named Eric Roberts giving a confession. He did, though, later recant his confession and is currently free as the investigation into his involvement continues. Madalena Sosa, a friend of Vonda's who lived back in New York, said that she received emails from people all over the world who knew Vonda and were shocked at her tragic murder. It's sad. We don't know why, she said to leave New York City and be murdered. It's unfortunate that there's crazy people out there." After Vonda's murder, Jay-Z Knight, leader of Ramtha School of Enlightenment said, "'We are deeply pained to learn of the tragic death of Vonda Boone and saddened to learn that a murder occurred in our tranquil rural community, a rarity in the Yelm, Rainier, Tonino areas." In a press release, she explained that Ramtha School of Enlightenment would be covering Vonda's funeral costs, saying, "'In the absence of next of kin or relatives, Ramtha School of Enlightenment will take care of funeral arrangements.
1: That's you, very nice of them.
0: Yeah, you know I'm hard pressed to say anything kind about Ramtha. If you need proof of that, just go back and listen to my episode on it, which is thirty solid minutes of me bagging on them. But honestly, I'm really impressed with how they handled this, and I think that that was the right thing for them to do. Yeah, I was
1: about to say that's yeah that was that was that was really, that was really good. Yeah, I don't really have the greatest. The, the, I'm more so just weirded out by them. Broken clock right twice a day, the, right? <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was really good of them.
0: yeah. Our sources for this episode were an Oxygen.com article titled, Is This Gruesome Washington Murder Connected to Nancy Moyer's Disappearance? An Olympian article titled, Bonda Boone Remembered as One of Those Bright Lights, Nisqually Valley News, Gruesome Details About Women's Death Emerge, Lewis County Sirens, Family, Friends, and Other Law Enforcement Agencies Have Questions About Tenino Murder Suspect. And Man Found With Dead Body in Truck in Tenino Has History of Mental Health Problems, Attorney Says. And finally, Peninsula Daily News, Man With Port Townsend Ties Leaked to Grizzly Slaying. If you want to support the podcast, leave us a positive review, tell a friend, or follow the Instagram or Facebook page for the pod at Olympia Oddities Podcast on both. If you want to submit your own creepy story, cryptid sighting, or an idea for a topic for us to cover, DM us on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. I'm Trista, and you can find my personal Instagram at saloonghost.
1: I'm Stephen. You can find me at the Stephen Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I have another podcast called Double Jointed that hopefully we should be getting back to here soon. Sorry, we've been really busy. If I have any other, If I have any people listening to this one as well, we're getting back to it soon, I promise. We're just really busy at Rachel's.
0: Remember not to buy meat out of a truck, and until next time, friends.